blind, furious, optimistic determination. Also known as how to be first class when you're third rate. Three blind mice. Three blind mice. See how they run. See how they run. They all ran after the farmer's wife who cut off their tails with a carving knife. Did you ever see such a sight in your life as three blind mice? What the hell are we singing to our children to help them sleep? Story songs about handicapped mouse mutilation? Ooh. And it's time for another unbuckled, bumpy ride with your guide, the stark raving lunatic himself. I'm Jim. Let's jump right in again. Welcome to my podcast based on my brand new book. Available on Amazon, Live Life Lean, L-E-A-N. It's a year-long guide to gratitude and our daily grind. The book that combines some timeless wisdom from a whole lot of the world's wiser people with the reflections, reactions, and wisecracks of the guide's author, me. And it guides you, the reader, through the simplest system for a happy, healthy, authentic, and genuinely grateful everyday experience. I urge you to get the book. Of course I do. I wrote it. It's either at Amazon or at my website, amperage.com, A-M-M-P-U-R-A-G-E. But even without it, let's make next week better than last, our next year better than the past, and get started now with today's episode of Famous person once said, I believe any success in life is made by going into an area with blind, furious optimism. AKA, at least what I see as, far side stimulated, selectively focused, nearsighted, narrow mindedness. And that's why no one has put any of my quotes on some statue high atop a city for all to see. Well, not yet they haven't. Stay tuned though to learn who did originally recite about success and blind, furious, optimistic determination. I know what they say about success. In our world, I've heard so much about it that at times I feel like a failure because all those great quotes haven't got me there yet. They haven't got me to their level yet. Am I just not getting something? Am I just not seeing something? Have you ever felt even a little like that? Have any of the legends in our world ever really felt just like us? Well, the person who I quoted before about success being a product of blind, furious, optimistic determination was none other than Sylvester Stallone. And if you've never heard his story of going from third rate to first class, well, here's a snapshot for you. Stallone, who was at one time so poor he had to sell his dog to afford to live because he couldn't afford to buy food for himself or the dog. Now that alone it should make us believe he's pretty first class all the way because he didn't just dump the dog in a shelter to be abandoned or put to sleep. No, he sold him to a good home that could afford to do the right thing. Stallone had vision even when he was blindly determined to succeed and survive. A two-bit third-rate actor at one time, Stallone wrote, but would not release the role in the movie of Rocky till he got to play it. That was his vision. 
and he was blinded to any alternative outcome. Imagine if it were your baby. Would you bring it into the world and then turn it over to someone else to raise if you believed you could do enough of a good enough job raising it? Hmm? Hmm. Are we talking about his dog or his dream acting role? Sylvester Stallone once shared a beautiful tribute to Butkus, the dog that he had to sell. Stallone said, When I was 26, totally broke, going nowhere very fast, I owned two pairs of pants that barely fit and shoes that had holes in them. Dreams of being successful were as far away as the sun. But I had my dog, Butkus, my best friend, my confidant, who always laughed at my jokes, put up with my moods, and was the one living thing that loved me for who I was. Seeing as how you already know about Stallone selling the dog, you got a box of tissue nearby? Because this gets better. Stallone said 1971 was a tough year for he and Butkus. We were both thin, hungry, and living in a flop house above a subway stop. I used to say this apartment had hot and cold running roaches. When things got even worse, I had to sell Butkus. Sell him for 40 bucks in front of a 7-Eleven store because I couldn't afford food. Now, what Stallone didn't recount here was that shortly thereafter Hollywood offered him six figures for the rights to the Rocky story. But Stallone wouldn't sell because his dream was not to be a writer, but to play the role he'd written which would make him a star. So Stallone passed on the offer and kept looking for someone who'd both buy the story and buy into him as the movie's lead. Then, like a modern-day miracle, the screenplay for Rocky sold, Stallone said. And I could buy him back. Butkus. I could buy him back. But the owner knew I was desperate, and he wanted to charge me $15,000. He was worth every penny, said Sly. Rocky won an Oscar. The two, Stallone and Butkus, never separated. And Butkus even got to star in the first two movies, before his death in 1981. Now that is passion. Blind, furious, determined, optimistic passion. Kind of like another movie, The Passion of the Christ. The story of Jesus Christ's arrest, trial, and suffering. It ends with his execution by crucifixion. The word passion comes from the Latin word for suffering. The crucifixion of Jesus is accepted by many as more than just a historically accurate event, but an example of extreme human sacrifice and suffering for a cause. It's interesting, I think it's interesting, how in worldly ways, through worldly eyes, passion is viewed where emotion lies. But within something superhuman, if there is such a thing as superhuman, such a thing that any human can hope to attain, passion means turning a blind eye to fear, optimistically hoping that faith will suffice, and furiously fighting for an end that you are happy that you had yourself all in on. But blindness is not just about what we do or we do not see within our peripheral vision. And this last story here shines that picture quite brightly. It was the early half of the 1900s, Rose Bowl champion in 1934 at Columbia University in New York was a coach named Lou Little. But before that Rose Bowl championship, Lou Little coached at Georgetown. 
There he coached a young man who had all the physical abilities, but not the athletic talent needed to be a starter. That young man had first-class heart, but showed just third-rate talent. Coach Little worked with the boy, the young man, every day, but the young man showed no improvement. Despite this, that same young man continued to work harder, maintaining a good attitude and spirit. A couple days before his final game at Georgetown, the young man's father died. Coach Little told the young man how sorry he was for his loss and that he felt that he should go home to be with his family. The team would understand. You can imagine Lou Little's surprise when he got to the locker room the day of the game and found the young man sitting there before everyone else, pleading with the coach to let him play in the game. He said, son, you have never been a starter, Little told him. This is the championship game. I cannot take that kind of risk today. Coach, I have got to do this for my father, the young man pleaded. Just put me in for the first play, and then you can take me out of this game. Little saw his determination and finally gave in. He trusted the young man just this once. So he put the young man in the starting lineup to cover the game's opening kickoff. That kid tackled the player returning the kick so damn hard he nearly knocked him into the first row of seats. After the play was over, the young man, as promised, got up, ran to the sideline knowing that he successfully completed the one play that the coach promised him. But... Coach Little motioned to the young man to stay in the game. The young man played the rest of the game, and he led the team in tackles and helped Georgetown win the conference championship that day. After the game, Little pulled the young man aside. Son, where in the world did that come from? He asked him. You've never played like that before. You've never shown that much desire in four years. Coach, you know my father died. The young man said, Did you know my father was blind? Today was the first day he could see me play. Do you hear that? That's what it really sounds like when you could hear a pin drop. Because the noise of the whole world can be silenced in the shadow of what's truly important. When even faced with hard, painful, soul-crushing times, if we are blindly and furiously committed, we can do the greatness we were made to manifest and make the halls of legends hushed by the gift of our gritty determination. Thank you, Sylvester Stallone, for taking your chances. Thank you, Coach Lou Little, for giving someone theirs. And you, out there, thank you for listening. Now. Go and blindly see what you can do with yours. And now, more words of wisdom to wow your socks off from the Live Life Lean Guide itself. Entry 234. Make the most of the best and the least of the worst. Robert Louis Stevenson. And the guide's point of view on this? But don't boast like a beast or you'll be the last one. Anyone asks first. Just saying. What do you think about this? Using the Live Life Lean Guided Journal system, what is there for you to learn that's new? What is there out there for you to earn that is not just given to you? Where can you look to add to the world above and beyond you? 
Now be grateful for those chances. Reflect on them, respect them, and navigate somewhere next. Thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying your copy of the Live Life Lean, L-E-A-N guide. Enjoying it almost as much as I did creating it. And if you don't have a copy yet, go on over to Ampurage.com or Amazon and get started today experiencing the amazing power of knowing every day is literally yours to be grateful about. And you need never feel unfulfilled again. I'm Jim Hall. And until next time, good health, God bless. And now, go get a little dirty learning something new. Earning what's not given to you. Adding to this crazy world that we share. And navigating your way to something new. And next.